and welcome to Damn Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug, and these are my acute mental neuroses. We'll just start with the list you cannot see, so this show should make slightly less sense than usual. Um, I went back to Mile High Comics. I'm going to talk about it on what would have been two weeks ago's no applause, I think. Last week's? Who knows? I fucking hate this audio time travel. And I picked up books two and three of Preacher. I wasn't worried about getting into books two and three because... I basically memorized Preacher, but I forgot how much I missed reading Preacher. Um, I also picked up Warren Ellis's No Hero, which was very similar to his title of uh, Black Summer, which was kind of a politicized hero. It did have a very sad ending where you realize that basically the uh, governing body of superheroes that have been secretly controlling the world were actually doing good. And when this guy's like, I'm no hero, I'm going to destroy your system, and then as he's dying, he hears, like, all this shit on Earth going wrong. And it's like, ah, uh, fuck. But I went back to my life comics. I ended up picking up um, some single issues for the uh, nephews and a niece um, because they let me borrow a Batman mask for a variant cover. So I thought, you know, I'll kind of um, rent it from them and that's how I'll pay them back. So I got a couple issues of Spider-Man, uh, an, an issue of Ninja High School for a niece, I don't know what else. Oh, uh, an uh, issue of Fantastic Four with uh, Fantastic Four and Squirrels, and it's got Spider-Man, Grey Hulk, Ghost Rider, and I'm forgetting someone in there. Who is the new Fantastic Four? Ghost Rider, Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine. So, yeah, it was the 90s and shit was crazy, and basically putting anything with Wolverine Spider-Man on a cover was, was like printing money. So, speaking of nothing in particular about any of that because I'm done talking about that some BACN, BACN updates if I can even say the company name right new shows abound it says and here are some of the notes we are going to be launching Splinter in Your Mind probably at the end of March I've got Lizzie's first two uh, episodes I keep wanting to say issues when I should say episodes and episodes when I say issues it's a very strange thing in my brain right now but um, I've got Lizzie's first two or Ryan's whatever you want to say Lizzie's first two uh, episodes, he's going to do some personalized intros um, on every episode, and I still need the intro music. Um, the web page for him is up. I'm going to get to that a little bit later, but he needs to get me some things. But otherwise, I'm going to build the RSS after I'm done recording this, and he's going to be probably good to go by the end of the uh, month. Black Falls will probably launch in April. I did finish... Um, editing the master copy. It's it's basically ready to go. I tweaked everything that Deb wanted me to tweak. I don't think she has to listen to it. Again, if she wants to this weekend, then I will. Um, it's a very short episode. Like I said, it's only about like three or four minutes long for the first episode. Almost that issue again. Lizzie went and his second episode was... Um, oh, I do want to say this before I get into that. Uh, that he got me the perspective list of interviews he's going to be doing. And they're fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm really digging. I think it's going to be the breakout show of the network. Um, and, I, and I don't say that um, against no applause or shooting the gap or this show. But A, this show was done not for listenership. This show was done just for me to get all this crap out of my head. He's going to have some great guests if everything works out. I, I think it's going to be great. I was actually the first episode. Um, he interviewed me about, weirdly enough, this show and the network. And uh, we got into some slightly personal stuff, as I will just always do. Um, but we had a great time, and I'm really looking forward to putting that show up. It's I think it's going to be a fun show. Um, his second episode, he uh, interviews the host of Nerd Night at the Oriental Theater here in Denver. 
And um, it's funny because he was talking to her, and I, I want to say her name is Sarah, but I'm not sure that's right. But we will call her Sarah for all intents and purposes right now. Um, and just pretend that if it's not her name, I'm doing it to protect her identity. He interviewed her, and she goes, well, I really want to do, I really want to get into this podcasting. And they kind of talked a bit of the mechanics of the show she wants to do. I think eventually I'm going to get involved, obviously. Um, and I think she, we're going to put out like a Nerd Night um, podcast. Um, the fact that she also does it at the Oriental Theater is a great business opportunity in that we could probably do live no applause, just the claps at the Oriental Theater on Nerd Nights, which would be amazing. That would be once a month. We'd have a once a month live show, which I'll keep you updated um, via this show, via Facebook, via Twitter. We're, we're everywhere. God damn it. We have our fingers in every um, pie. We're even on Ello. So... Um, but I'm really excited for that, and then he had another show that I don't really want to talk about because it's the chances are like one in a million that this girl's going to actually have the motivation to do the podcast. But um, so we're going to have going to be launching a lot of I think we're going to be launching a lot of shows this year. I think 2015 will be the year of the BACN in terms of you know launching um, a Splinter in Your Mind and Black Falls um, in a month, and then you know this Nerd Night thing, and that puts us up to six shows. It's going to be fucking crazy, and I'm probably going to lose my mind by June. Speaking of updates, you know, like I said, I did update um, the website to some small extent. I managed to get the show page updated, so you have, now have links to the web pages for Black Falls and uh, Splinter in your mind. Um, Lizzie is still, he's out of town right now, so he needs to get me some stuff to finish his web page. Um, and plus, like I said, he, he needs to get me stuff for the actual show itself. But everything's pretty much in place. Like I said, I'm going to build the RSS when I'm done. We're going to be launching um, another Twitter account called BACN Podbytes. And what that is, is it's everything that when we say it off air, we go, ah, shit, we should have fucking recorded that because it was really funny. So we're going to be posting these weird stray quotes from our everyday lives. Um, it ought to be very interesting because I'm going to have uh, Deb and Lizzie uh, have access to the account as will I and... Um, the Shooting the Gap Boys, they have their own Facebook and Twitter, so they can post whatever straight crap they want. Um, I don't I don't think it will really affect them, but I just have to set up like a, a community password. I guess that's not a great thing to have. So really my point on that is two weeks ago when I was having all this day job bullshit happen with uh, people leaving and having to hire and having to train, and I got put behind, and the week after that, uh, which was last week, I was sick, so I just I couldn't stare at coding um, I couldn't focus on, you know, setting up the minutia of things. I just kicked ass one day. I just sat down and went, fuck it, we're getting this shit coded. Um, I'll be working on the new homepage probably at the end of the week if I get the variant cover done. And the variant covers are back. Um, the newest one at this point in time was um, Brian De Palma's Body Double. Um, and then the next one, which will come up, I think, the week this comes out, will be um, a Batman issue where uh, Raj al Ghul is standing over Batman. And, uh, yeah, there were lots of shirts off for that one. Lots of shirts off. When I say lots, I mean only me. So, yeah, the website's going to be updated. The, the homepage should be done hopefully by the end of March. Um, and then I'll update the variant cover page in April. And then I'll kind of have been broken even with the amount of work I've got to do. And then it kind of all starts all over again. But the web, the website, I mean, it, it's once I update it, it stays updated for easily a good, you know, um, six months. 
to a year, um, whereas the variant covers get usually updated every three months. I know I fell behind, but what are you going to do? Speaking of all this work I'm doing, I was listening to the WTF with Mark Marin, and it was the guest was Brett Easton Ellis, and they talked about something that gets brought up a lot in comedy with uh, stand-up comedians, um, specifically male um, uh, stand-up comedians, and um, male creative types, and it's that a lot of us have bad relationships with our fathers, and we're always looking for the new dad, or we're looking to spite them, or show them up, or, and really, what that boils down to is just validation. We're looking for our dad to pat us on the back and go, well done. And that really made me think about that the last time I talked to my dad months ago, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm running this podcast network, and he was like, making any money at it? And I said, well, no, it's just kind of a startup business right now, and we're working on it, but we're getting some really good feedback, and we're starting to build a real good presence, and obviously, from what I talked about a couple minutes ago, you know, things are really starting to escalate quickly in a good way, but it made me think about, like, you know, the validation I wanted from my dad, where he goes, are you, like, you're making money, and I'm like, well, one, I'm happy, I'm happy doing this, I'm doing what I want to do, like, that should be enough, asshole, but... You know, the fact that he put it in terms of money, and I'm like, okay, fine, well, fuck it. I'm not going to make bad decisions for the network just to make money, but I'm going to, I'm pretty much, it's, it's out of spite um, and, and validation, but right now it's the, the prevailing feeling is, is spite. I'm going to do it just to show him I can do it and go, you know, like, you're living this life that you're not happy with, and, you know, you might be making money, but I'm not making money, and I'm happy, and you should fucking be happy for me. But whatever. But if he wants to think of it in terms of finances, then, you know, like I said, I'll make, I'm not going to make any bad decisions. I'm not going to make any rash decisions and rush into things to um, make the, the network financially viable for me as a job. Not, you know, I want that ultimately. I talk about that on, on Lizzie's first episode of Splinter. But that, you know... I'm okay waiting it out until the right opportunity comes along. But I do find that, like I said, I, I kind of want the validation of like my dad going to the website and going, look, I built this. I taught myself HTML in a week. Look at, you know, the updates I've done. Look at um, the, all the graphic design. Like, look, I'm using my degree. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something with my life that I enjoy. And could you just pat me on the back and say, well done, as opposed to just being an emotionally... Uh, absent asshole that got a little real um, you know which is ironic because in relationships I'm emotionally distant I'm emotionally absent it's because I don't want to be hurt um, I was hurt at a very young age with my dad just kind of fucking off and you know my dad's the man who has said about relationships the person who cares the least has the most power which sadly is true but like I looked at my mom and I was like why the fuck would you marry a guy with that fucking philosophy but uh which I never really got a clear answer she kind of danced around that one but you know so I, I kind of I'm trying to get away from that in terms of you know after all the therapy and doing the show like I'm trying to be emotionally present for my friends where I talked last week about how sometimes I only build empathy through an intellectual process and then end up self-reflecting and kind of destroying the whole idea of empathy so I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. My point is uh, the, the note says being creative to spite dad, and I've gotten into this hole. I'm trying to not, I'm trying to be emotionally present in my friends' lives and be emotionally present for myself. Um, I think part of that is I do ignore myself. So um, I wouldn't call it necessarily self-hate or that I'm not, you know, I don't love myself. 
I just kind of ignore myself. It's like, look, you're doing okay, right? Yeah, I'm fine. All right, well, then fuck off. But weirdly, that's just my brain talking to itself. So I don't know how they go their separate ways or, uh, or it's very schizophrenic, despite me not being schizophrenic. And this actually is a weird segue, but it, it kind of totally works. Um, so I'll get to this uh, lastly, that, uh, and this is being emotionally present for my friends and for myself, that um, I, I hung out with Lizzie um, last Sunday and we talked about some splinter stuff and I'm getting some work on Black Falls done. But um, Deb was there and she was self-medicating a bit. She's had a rough go with, with a, a mutual friend of ours. Um, but her boyfriend showed up, and which is still a little weird for me to see them like, like being very comfortable around each other physically. Canoodling, I believe, is the uh, verb I've used before. But um, she was very happy. She was relaxed. She was like rubbing my back, which I'm, I'm getting to be okay with you know, gratuitous physical, or I wouldn't say gratuitous, but, you know, non-essential human contact, physical contact, but that, you know, she was like, how are you guys doing? Like, how's everything? What, what are you working on? And like, you know, my back, she was playing with my ears, which was really weird because I was trying to watch Walking Dead, but um, and I was like, fuck off, bitch, I'm watching Walking Dead, Team Carol. You know, it, and I, I was talking to Lizzie on the way home and I was like, was she fucking weird? And he goes, okay, what you think is weird translates to normal people as happy. And I went, ah, fuck, she's happy. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, happiness taking a bitter edge away. Um, specifically, I've, I've always felt that, you know, if I had quit drinking, I would lose my creativity and my edge, which is not true. And I, I've now replaced that with, like, if I become happy, I will not be the cynical asshole um, that, I, that you guys tune in for. Which could or could not be true. I mean... Happiness obviously would dull that cynical edge because I'd be like, isn't everything puppies and picnic baskets? She was happy. And then I realized ultimately I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. And I talked to Lizzie about that where I went, why not me? And I know that I'm, he, he explained and I try not to take offense to it because he's, he's for the most part right. But I still felt like you're saying because of, you know, my living situation and my job situation and just that whole thing where I'm trying to still trying to get it back up on my feet that I, I shouldn't have a girlfriend or I shouldn't have some kind of romantic partner that makes me feel good. And he was like, well, no, but you know, you don't want to fall into some old habits or you don't want to get distracted by trying to get yourself back up on your feet. Or I don't, you know, really, I don't want to end up, um, back in a codependent relationship, which I was in. It was a toxic codependent relationship. You know, I need to focus on that whole 80, 20 thing where I'm taking care of myself for at least 80%. So I, I agree that, you know, I need to take care of myself and get kind of, you know, my ducks in a row, but I'd like to, you know, meet a girl. I'd like to, I'm jealous. I was jealous of her. And it came out as, as anger, but it really, it was, not anger. I mean, it wasn't like, ah, motherfucker, fuck her. Like, no, it was like, I was, it was one of those, like, why her? Like, not why her, she deserves it. But, you know, I deserve it too, on some level, don't I? So, you know, I understand it was coming out of, you know, loneliness. It was coming out of, you know, sadness. Not depression, but just sadness. And I, I talked to him and I said, you know, there's a line from Warren Ellis's Lazarus Churchyard. I believe it's the first line in the comic where he says, no one kisses me anymore. And that is, that line has always haunted me with its poignancy. And this guy, he was a functioning immortal and just, 
you know, couldn't get his shit together. And so maybe I should take a lesson from that, from what I just said, and get my shit together. And then everything else will follow. You know, put my house in order, which Lizzie said, and he's absolutely right. But you know what? It's emotion versus intellect and logic. And logic dictates, yes, get your shit together. And, you know, kind of the world will follow. But emotionally, I'm going, yeah, but in the meantime, I want to be hugged. So... Yeah, I'm going to leave that awkward pause in there because that was just me suddenly deflating emotionally. And that's it. That's that's the list. So from Damn, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug, and from Damn, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my cute mental neuroses. Good night, Internet. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!